Concerning the world which we are part of to yourself. You are reconciling us to yourself. You are taking us on a journey. You are taking us on a path of light. You are taking us on a path of truth. Thank you, Father, for this great love. We are not worthy of it, but yet you loved us. That's the, that's the manner of love that is in God, that is in you. Oh, Fahala Maha, Father Hani Maha, Fahani Hata. Oh, Father, we ask that you would give unto us this manner of love, which is in you. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you for this manner of love with which you loved us. Thank you for this manner of love that can, that can cover, that can bring, that can quicken, that can raise. It is life-giving love. It is life-giving love. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Father. We worship you. We exalt your holy name. Thank you for your answered our prayers. For in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's have our seat. Amen. Can we take a moment to say hi to our neighbor? Hi, neighbor. Hi, neighbor. The neighbor from afar. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Welcome, welcome today. I don't know why it feels like it's about to rain, but is it about to rain outside? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I will blessed already. I will give Jesus a shout of joy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. I'm excited this morning. I'm excited to be here. We thank God for, for mercy. Thank God for bringing us here. We thank God for his uh, loving kindness. God is faithful. 
Amen, amen. I'm happy to see, see our faces again this morning. Uh, it's like, it's like uh, from Wednesday to Saturday is a long time to see each other. Uh, so we will try as much as possible to, to shorten the gap. Amen. I know Canada is one way and it's funny, one kind. Most Monday start like this, it's just a race. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But hey, <laughs> race begin, you know. We just start, you know, different, different things are busy, but we can overcome. We can overcome every, every busy schedule, busy life, you know. The Lord can help us to, to come together more and enjoy one another's company. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't think I'm too loud, am I? Is it too loud? I think it's okay. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So we thank God for mercy. So uh, I think I'll just open the book of uh, uh, Act 26. Thank you, Jesus. I'm a heart of Thank you, our Father. I give you all the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is a season for feeding. This is a season for food. This is a season 
season for nourishment. This is a season to make you to, to, to make you yeah. to make you eat. I'm 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 sent here to make you eat. Mm. I'm sent even even in this season to make you eat. I'm sent to provide food, to provide me meals, to provide meals of me meals of the spirit, to, to provide meals of heaven, even me me meals, 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 meals of your God, meals of your God, meals to provide you, even to baptize you into a table, into a table, into a company, a company, a company of a company of men, called company of many, even a company of many, even to feast with them at the table, at the table of this many, 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 many company, many company. I'm making you to feed, I'm making you to eat with men, I'm making you to, to eat with men, 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 even men, 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 even just many, men, 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 just men, even just men. I'm, I'm bring, bringing you into company, into a company, into a company. I'm sent to make you come into this company, to baptize you into this company, that you will begin to eat their food. You begin Amen. to eat their meal. You begin Amen. to feast at their table. Amen. You begin to feast at their table. For it's time. It's time. It's time. This time. It's time. It's time. It is time to rise. Yes, it is Lord. time to rise. It's time to rise. It's time. It's your time to rise. Amen. The time to rise. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jesus, we thank you give you all the praise. Thank you. It's mercy. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this mercy. Thank you for the mercy you're showing us. Thank you. Give you all the praise give you all the praise. Thank you, our Father. Thank you. Thank you for the feast. Thank you for calling us into your table. Thank you, Father, for the preparation of this table which is before us. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father. Give you all the praise. 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 Thank you. Give you all the praise. We exalt your name. We exalt your name. We exalt your name. Oh, Father, as we go into your word, ask, Father, that you show us mercy. Guide our thought. Help our heart. Grant us access into your mind. Amen. Give us grace to access your heart. Thank you for you have answered. I ask that you show me mercy this afternoon, that I will receive boldness to, to speak your word as I ought. Thank you, Father. Give you all the praise. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We are welcome once again. Uh, so it's time for the word, eh?
Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, one thing that I, I guess I'll just start from that tongue and, and the inter- I'll start from the interpretation. Um, uh, it's clear that the Lord is bringing us into a, a season yeah. of feast and of feeding, right? Uh-huh. So uh, these things, as they happen, we just we just walk into them. It's not as if we plan them. I mean, do we plan? Yeah, well, it's funny enough, to be honest, I was even thinking of anything like feasts happening, you know. I just want to come, just hear what, you know, and then we we'll go home. But <laughs> everyone is telling us now that the, there's a feast uh, for us, amen. And, and one thing that is clear about that is that it's a season, meaning that you come under a season of, of, of feeding, of word, right? We're coming under a season where there will be, ah, and it's true, wow. We're coming under, this season we are in is a season of plenty speakings, right? Funny enough, August is next week, right? From August to the end of September is just word, right? Convention, Bitcoin, Canada, Canada, before then, UK. So, Beacon, UK, then Canada, and then teaching series before we now return, right? Thank God for that. But also, um, in the spirit for us personally, I believe the Lord wants to bring us into a new season of, of feasting. And the thing about that is when, let me put it this way, for us as a company here, the Lord is, is bringing us into a new season of, a, of the level of his word, right? Because it's clear, it's an angel that is speaking. The Lord has sent a ministering spirit to bring a season of feasting, right? Which we ourselves, we have to uh, align our hearts. You know, it's possible that everyone can bring all these resources and, you know, and after they bring, if told us I bring feast, 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 you know. The thing about that is that they can prepare a table before you. You have the cho- choice to decide whether you're going to eat or not, right? And I believe that's majorly where the work will be for us, right? Because uh, God is doing his part. It's just us that need to align with what the Lord is doing. Right. Um, I guess it's a hard posture that we must have. You know, to be honest, most of the time we wear things like this, you know, they're just like regular, regular, okay, fees, okay. Maybe we've heard tongues and television like that before, self. That's oh, yeah, there's a fees and then fees will come, okay, just like that, okay. Of course now, fees always come and goes, you know, you know. No matter. <laughs> Thank you. No. And the, the problem about that kind of mind, that no matter is that in every season, you, you don't know what the Lord wants to do within the heart for to raise the soul up. So sometimes we hear the same thing over, we think it's the same thing, but it's not. It's just English. English is the problem. So when word is coming like that and we are 
translating it, well, it's not translating, interpreting. Because, I mean, unless we have the heavenly language, what we do, which is the tongue. <laughs> now, in interpreting, you know that we still have to use English. And you know that just because of that alone, there's some limitation. Whereby, to understand what the Lord is really, really saying, we actually have to move into the spirit. Sometimes wait for the Lord to unveil what he really means, right? By a season of feasting. Which is why there is a heart attitude that must be in every heart, which is the, not to, the, the heart not to lose or not to faint. To faint not, we should not be faint at heart. We should not faint. When it comes concerning the word of righteousness, concerning the word of life, heart should never be faint. Right? Because the moment fainting happens, right, the moment the heart begins to faint, then we begin to lose all the, I would say interest, but more than that, in the sense that, of course, we lose interest, but there's a whole lot of things happening to the heart. Right? But we begin, begin to lose focus, begin to, begin to trivialize many things spiritually. One mistake that Christians should do and never make is trivializing spiritual things, like it's like every other day normal thing. Right? You know, sometimes you maybe they, they hear what I've done, maybe one sister or brother beside say, Yes, sir. You'd be wondering, why are you shouting now? Is it not a normal, normal, you know? It's feast now, you don't need to shout. But you don't know what the Lord, what the soul is rejoicing in. It's a, it's, a, it's a moment of rejoicing, right? That the soul is rejoicing concerning what is coming, right? And the, the truth of the matter is that it's with that kind of heart that what the Lord said, can begin to have meaning in the heart. Where the right heart posture, what the soul should do, instructions for to receive what the Lord has to give. Amen. Because it's possible that rain is falling. Why am I saying rain is falling? <laughs> right? In a place, food is coming. There's a lot of food, feasting. In the same place, and people are there. While some are eating, some are hungry. And then they are not eating the feast that is the food that is there. It's possible. Well, perhaps because they, they felt, oh, I've, eat, I've, I've tasted of that food before. Okay, it's the same. I don't, not spiritually speaking, I don't think it's this, always the same menu, right? But I'm just using that as an example, you know. It's the same menu. Let me use maybe from the sense of the word that's used to describe what the feast is. Always the same menu every day. Okay, it's the same menu. Therefore, I'm looking for a different kind of menu. Can we, do we have a different, you know, let it not be feast. Can it be, uh, what's that word that we use for feast? Can it be, when did we go to that time when we went to go and eat when there's a lot of pack? There's buffet. There's... It's up on love. We went. To, what's that? Can, is it when that we went to the that's there's a festival. Is it food truck here? What was that in called? I will just. But it's anyways. Buffet also already did the job, but I just I, I, I just like that. 
that one at all of us where you know we're just eating, you know, there's food everywhere, right? Uh, that kind of a feast like that. Whereby, you know, it's buffet now. We've eaten buffet before, you know. But you don't know what they're gonna serve in this kind of menu, in this kind of buffet in the spirit, right? Because we don't know, and the truth of the matter is that we don't know what the Lord wants to undo in the heart in this season. And again, every season that comes, sometimes they sound the same, but they're not. But every season that comes, there is, uh, there is, cause the Lord is mindful of season and times. Every season that comes is a time of intentional, uh, uh, how do I put it? It's a time of intentional release of grace, right? For to move and journey upward spiritually. And it's possible that in that season, souls don't receive what the Lord is bringing. It's possible. And the thing about seasons is that you don't know if the Lord will ever bring such seasons again. That's why it's not good to trivialize spiritual things. It's not. Or, in a way, well, I'm, I, mean, well, I don't know, because it's going to sound a little bit tough, but it's not tough, right? Just an example. But if it, if it is tough, take it. Not help you, amen. You know, sometimes, when the, the Lord is bringing a season, let's say we go for convention, or, or maybe we just come for meeting, right? and then what is coming? You know that sense that, it's okay, let me not, I've, I didn't hear what, that, what they said earlier. Well, let me, I'll listen later. It's a means, is a, a heart of actually tuning out of the, out of the blessing, right? Because the soul is thinking, eh, I have recording now, I will listen again, right? But the truth of the matter, is true, you can listen again. And when you listen again, you can be blessed, awesome. But there's, there's something called spirit in that moment what the Lord is doing, right? You know there's always first partaker, first fruit. Yeah. You, know, you know there's a reason why they call it first fruit. If first fruit is not important, okay, they know that there's second fruit, there's third, there's fourth, but he's waiting for the first fruit. The Lord is waiting for, meaning that there is something particular about the time and sin that the Lord is intentionally releasing blessing, right? I mean, of course, you and I can testify that, there are, you know, I mean, when some messages were preached, we were not there. We picked it up, listened. Wow, we blessed our heart. Awesome. That is a great experience. Right? Spirit following the, okay. Sometimes it's a message of like four years ago. Well, here's the question. See, that same, that same message that we received that blessed us, Let's rewind back to the day it was preached. Let's look at the souls that were there. Now, let's look at them, the time we are now listening to it, and look at those souls. What's inside it? Right? That is why it's not good to trivialize things. Why? Because definitely, such souls would have moved spiritually if they are, they've applied their heart to the, to the season that the Lord begins to bring blessing. And one thing that is also clear about such a season is that most people in those seasons have clarity. Right? No, no, all these things we are learning. We know a lot, so that one I can testify. We know plenty, right? But what I also know is that 
Those things we know, it's not all clear. Mm. Or is it clear? If it is clear, 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 we won't still be learning Christ by now. Mm. We just throw Christ away. No, it's everlasting and eternal. Everlasting and eternal, you know. Right? But the, even the last time we were hearing that we don't even fully understand that one. That one we are still we are still hearing the word of it. Right? But let's not even leave that one. Just the word of Christ, just Christ. You'll be so shocked that Christ that we are still learning, right? It's not fully, fully clear. Because the more it comes, the clearer it gets. Right? If the same thing, when it's been taught again, the clearer it gets. And you'll be so surprised that sometimes when the Lord is teaching, even the same thing, check it in the spirit. If you look at the way it's flowing, it's not the same way. It may sound the same. It may sound like, oh, we've heard it before. If you look clearly in the spirit, it's not flowing the same way. Right? Most of the things they are still teaching in Christ, when you open Bible and maybe you are reading Sometimes it can come in another way. But if you check it, it's the same message, but it's coming in a different way. Right? Well, I wouldn't, I say same message just for the purpose of understanding, but I wouldn't call it the same anyways. Because the spirit is not the same. Do you understand? When I say the spirit is not the same, I mean, because when it says spirit is a way, it's a way of the spirit, there's, the, there's a way. Spirit is most of the time, right? all the time. There's when you look into the spirit, what you see inside spirit are ways. Those ways are wisdoms, wisdom inside the Lord, right? That have key. The wisdom inside the Holy Ghost that has keys, right? To weaknesses, not just weaknesses. I don't, I don't, let me let me use the scripture. That has keys to prison gates. Right? He has keys to, to prison gates. Sometimes gates we don't know are there. Right? Like uh, Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 11, I believe, that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Wait, it's not 11. That's different. Isaiah 61. Right? It says... I know this, this particular passage, I think. Is that the one I say you know? Or is it 66? I think it's that one. Every time I call it, I always say 61. That one, anyway, anytime, any day. We'll call it. Say 61, okay. So, so the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Send me to burn up the broken hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and opening of the prison to them that are bound, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Amen. Amen. Ah, uh, the way I'm talking, I don't know. I'll just talk like that because that was okay. So, the the, the wisdom inside the Holy Ghost, we hear here that it said to the Spirit of the Lord God is upon 
the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. So we can see clearly that it is the operation of the Spirit of the Lord that is at play. Right? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's read our passage again. Okay. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings. The Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings. So the Spirit of the Lord okay, is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God. And to comfort all that man. I want to see something here, right? Because they are telling us something about the day and year, right? But what they said is to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, right? To proclaim, right? The acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of the vengeance of our God. And to comfort all that man. Do we know that these are all seasons? Right? So the acceptable year is a, is a season in the program of salvation. It's a season. Now, and they call it acceptable year. The acceptable year. Now, there's a sense I'm seeing here. I mean, if I want to, uh, to interpret the acceptable year, okay, we can teach it. But there's also something I pick here, saying the acceptable year. Meaning that it's not all years that are acceptable. Right? It's not all years that are acceptable. There are, there are specific years. There's a year that is acceptable. Right? Now, the sense I want to bring out of that is that, see, when the Spirit of the Lord says that today is the day of salvation, right? He's, he's saying it with a sense of urgency. Why didn't he say tomorrow is the day? Right? Why is he saying yesterday is the day? He said today is the day. The sense of urgency to give believers a sense that see this thing, don't play with it. Don't, don't just discard the, 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 the blessing of the day. Right? So it is acceptable now. This year is an acceptable. Of course, we know that the, accept, the true acceptable year is the end. Right? Which the, is the end of the seasons of the year. Right? Because we have years. Right? We have years 
in Christ. That's what we have. In Christ, we have all kinds of years, seasons, and times, which leads up to the acceptable year. Okay, now it's getting clearer. This says I'm trying to say now. Why? Because, uh, see, all these years that leads to the acceptable year is leading to acceptability. Right? In the sense that every season that believers are going through with care, it would end in being in an acceptable year. Right? That's what I'm saying. A little bit clear. <laughs> so, which is why we shouldn't play with seasons and times. So when, it's like this. When the season is coming, when the, when the year, right, of entrance comes, and the soul did not apply its heart properly, right, it will not, it will not see the year of the court. Neither will it see the year of the holy place or the, the tabernacle, right? Before it ends in the acceptable. You see that all of this season leads to the acceptable year. The acceptable year is the year that the Lord, let, let me say the Lord, the acceptable year is the year that God accepts. Right? Because you have been doing all kinds of years. You have all kinds of years. The year that you were in the Holy Ghost, enjoying everything you can enjoy, Basking in the Holy Ghost, jumping, raising the dead, healing the sick. The season of miracles that we're talking about is a miracle season. All beautiful miracles happening in the life of a believer, right? Which leads to a year where they begin to minister entrance into the kingdom. Imagine they come, they administer entrance, enter, right? Every season, there is, the, there is the work it ought to do on believers, right? There is a work that is being done on believers, which every believer must apply their heart. No matter how, um, how is it foolish it may sound, foolish it may look, right? And this thing self, is it, for us, right, is even a lot more important. Why? Because... In the, you know, for maybe somebody is coming today, they did, they've not even heard, ever heard the word of righteousness before. But it is easier for them to open their heart and receive yeah. compared to maybe somebody that has been hearing before and then you know, look, I just trivialized, you know, be hearing this thing now. You know, we are, we are used to it, right? It's even more deadly for us, mm-hmm. right? Why we should not, if, if they begin to talk about Holy Ghost today, eh, I, would, I, would, I would drink it and eat it as if I've never heard it before in my life. Say, oh, okay, okay. And it's not, be, it's not because I'm forming or anything. It's just it's, there's a meekness that must be in the heart concerning what the Lord is doing, right? Now, what I'm, let me move forward. What I'm saying really, right, when I talk about this season, and especially for us, is that, because I know that in, a, in this season that we are in, right, the Lord is, re, we, are, we, are, we are in, in, the, in the season of the kingdom, if I will put it that way. The Lord is making, giving clarity concerning kingdom, teachings concerning the entrance of the kingdom, right? Because the Lord is particular about souls entering the kingdom, right? And the moment the soul enters the kingdom, 
The truth of the matter is that it has also entered a season of a, of a kind of feast. It's a kind of feast that happens once we move into the kingdom. Now, the, for example, when you move into the, the kingdom, right, because what the Lord has used to typify the kingdom to us is the, the will I say the temple or the tabernacle? But it's the tabernacle, but later became the temple, right? Which still always pretty much have the same element with a little bit additions, right? But, the, but using the tabernacle of Moses, that gave the, the template for everything, right? Before the, what we're learning now about the tabernacle of Ezekiel and, you know, which, which after like, oh wow, interesting, you know, most of the time we didn't even pay attention, you know, like, okay, no, inside excavate, okay, so there's that. Making things clearer, the way the, why they set it, <laughs> telling us about East Gate and all that, right? You know, it's understanding things better from that perspective. But the truth is, the kingdom is the temple, the, the tabernacle or the temple is the, is the template of the kingdom. That's the template. Because here's a typical example, right? If they ask us, what is the kingdom? Where is the kingdom? Is, is, it, not, is it not okay that the Lord give us something at least to know? Right? As Christians, as children of God, you know it's possible to, maybe they just ask us, what is the kingdom of God? And we have no clue what it is. Wouldn't it be strange? It would be strange. Meaning that everything that they tell believers in scripture to learn is something to under, you must know what it is. Right? Okay, I don't know why I'm talking like this, but I guess because again, you know, there are hearts that don't like revelation. Right? And that one by default, if you don't like revelation, just forget about growing spiritually and becoming what the Lord has actually designed you to. To be spiritually is, is impossible. Well, because revelation right, is the means by which they bring, is, is the means by which they arrange the tabernacle inside a believer. Right? That's how they arrange it there. If you remove revelation, forget arranging things inside a believer. A believer won't have the outer court, won't have the holy place, won't have the most holy. They can't arrange such kingdom in a believer without revelation. So revelation has to be there. It's, it's the tool right, by which every believer must receive. Right? It's a tool which the Lord used to give or to deliver resources for building. Let me if I can use that way. You know, when they are building uh, construction, if you go to construction site, right, all the material are not there when they're about to start building. They're not. They need to bring them there. They need to bring the, uh, is it plywood? It's not plywood, the board. Uh, those boards. They need to bring the wood for the framing. They need to deliver concrete for the foundation. Right? Uh, they need to deliver uh, shingles for the roof. And you have all those big, big trucks that bring all those plenty shingles. Then they will, there's a way they will yank it and put it there. You know, it will be, it's a lot, all those ma machines, they are easy to deliver. Yeah. Imagine somebody that wants, like when I was doing my own roof, 
Well, it's not a big one, it's a small one. But I had to carry the shingle on my hand and climb ladder. What is easier, that one or a machine that comes and just lift it and put it on top? It's a machine. But I don't know, if Christians don't like revelation, instead of wisdom, right, they will apply much strength. And the funny thing about that is, with that strength, you may not even get it right. You may not. Just be applying, hammer, you know, it's not, it's not brute force. There's a, there's a, the Lord has made the work easy by giving revelation. Right? So revelation can be seen as those trucks that brings the roof, roofing material, those uh, trucks that bring concrete for the foundation, or those uh, uh, big, big trucks that deliver the, the wood for the framing and all the material that needs to be built, that needs to, to build the houses, right? So it's the same for Revelation. So Revelation is the means by which they deliver all the resources that the Lord can now begin to use to build the temple within a believer. So believers must definitely love Revelation. So that one is, is a given. Amen? But what the Lord wants us to do now is Revelation about what? Revelation about the things in Scripture that is intended for building, right? Because there are many things that we can learn here that has nothing to do with the, the building of a soul. It has nothing to do with many, plenty, plenty things, right? You know, you can have all kinds of revelations, all kinds of buildings, all kinds of graces that will seem interesting, right? That will seem powerful, that will seem awesome. I don't know, it's still the miracle sense. Praise the Lord. It's still, the, it's still the, the miracle sense, right? And if you check, most of us, that's where we were before, where we loved. See that miracle sense? We loved it. We want the gift of the Spirit to be in operation, right? Like, those are the things that souls can have revelation in. Because revelation is not, is, okay, revelation, like I said, is a tool. In as much as it can bring revelation for the real thing, it can also bring many other things that has nothing to do with the building. Right? It's like the same truck they used to bring the shingles for the roof, they can use it to pack those beans and drive it somewhere. It's the same tool. Right? What else? The same tool, car, that we used to drive and carry ourselves from place to place, we can still use it to carry load. Right? But if, if, if you check it, okay, let me even put it this way. Maybe they use it to carry load in the trunk. But sometimes the trunk may not be enough. We open it. They start carrying different, different things in the seat, which is designed to carry human beings. You understand? So meaning that because the, 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 the tool works, it doesn't necessarily mean it's being used for the right thing. And those things that it's being used for may not necessarily be bad. It may, just, it may not just be the right thing. Amen. So revelation, and, and most of us, we, right from when we started you know, learning about God, we loved revelation. Even though, me, I love revelation, but I didn't know I loved it. Because I'm not having revelation. Most of, most of the things I was having when I was growing were not revelations. Why? Because I read it. When I read it, 
I think about something that is right about Bible that are from let's maybe Sunday school or maybe things that were taught you know, during on, on maybe you know you go to church every Sunday they preach that you hear some things and then maybe I'm reading my Bible and I read a passage I think about you know certain things okay awesome then some revelations can come in there right well, I'll call it I'll, you know, I'll call it revelations you know for the sake of it but the truth of the matter is that if I look at what revelation does and those kind of revelation I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it the true revelation because it's not just about reading and thinking right because for for it to be for it to be the revelation of the right material it has to be an operation of the spirit right an operation of the spirit right which is for the purpose of giving life right the operation of the spirit must be there. When I opened up to revelation proper, I knew. Why? Because there's what it began. You know, how do I, how do I put it this way? It, it, was, it was just, the, the Bible was not opening to me, just based on the premise of things I know alone. Just, like, what it did is it awoke on all the things I knew. It awoke on them, and they began to use it to teach me about a person. Imagine, I started learning about, ah, what's that, that message, growing the fellowship by the anointing. That's, that's a message that is like a surgery they did on my brain. Because there was a way I was thinking before I listened to that message. The moment I finished listening, I was full of spirit. My mind, I knew something happened to my mind. It's not, it's not thinking the same. Although it's still thinking the same, but it's not thinking the same. It's almost as if they added something to it. That the moment I open Bible, Bible that I will read, I will be trying to get revelation. Right? I'm trying to. Because I know, how do these people do it? They will read the Bible and they will be telling you, this one means this, that one means that. How are they doing it? Okay, me too, I'll try to create it. So I'll read the Bible and I'll try to think about something. I forgot that. <laughs> it's not by that. <laughs> it's not by that at all. Right? It's not by trying to. It's a, it's a spirit within that is alive. It's a kind of sense mind that begins to talk. So when you read the Bible and you begin to read that, you, you can tell that mind can awaken and start talking. And you'll be talking concerning things. That's, I began to learn the spirit. That's when I truly began to learn the spirit. Right? Before, you know, we say learning the spirit, you think you're just speaking in tongues. Blah, 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 blah. Pray. Okay, we are spiritual. Okay. Because the truth of the matter is that every time you come to the Bible, you can read something, take something, interpret something and go. And it might be okay. In short, God did it such that it can be okay like that. Why? Because if there is nothing, if there is nothing that we can take, this whole world will be in chaos and in problem. So everybody that comes, whether with revelation or not, you read something, there's something you can read, take it, something meaningful. As a preacher, you can come, take it and teach, and it will be okay. 
Perfect, awesome, beautiful. In short, people can go, oh, wow. We're so blessed. Awesome. To be okay like that. But there's a way the Lord has designed it such that the Spirit of the Lord has a ministration. Why am I talking about ministration of the Spirit again? Has a ministration, right? And that ministration is to deliver life. The New Testament ministry is, is, is a ministration. Okay, I think the reason why I'm talking about, I guess it's linked to, of course, when we're reading that Isaiah, is that Isaiah, I'm, I'm talking about the Spirit of the Lord. I thought that was, that was the part I was first, but I started from the end, but the Spirit of the Lord, right, that's where I wanted to talk about that the Spirit that is upon Jesus, that has anointed him, meaning given to him, Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me. That's what he's saying there. Because he's saying that the Lord has taken of his spirit and given unto him. That's what it means by he has anointed me. And because he has given and put it on his spirit, that is why the spirit can be on him. Right? So the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me. To do work, to do the ministry that the spirit of the Lord is, is actually designed to do. Right? That's what they began to talk to us later, right, about delivering. We'll, we'll, we'll read it again. Or maybe I'll just talk about it sometimes. See, I say we we'll read it and then we just forget about it. But what I was saying, right, is that the, the spirit of revelation, right, is part of. It's part of what the Spirit of the Lord quickens when it takes that tool, right? That same tool of revelation that has been available, it takes it and then anoints it. So, revelation can be anointed. And revelation can be without anointing. The difference is there is Spirit-inspired revelation and then there's, there is how do I put it? Sense and knowledge inspired revelation. Because where you are fetching revelation from is from the archive of things that is already, that is written, I'm going to say written, not that, okay, that is known in a way, right? It can be fetching. So for example, if I already know that you read your Bible, you grow, I can be fetching revelation from there. Right? But Revelation can also be inspired by the Spirit, right? Which is, is not just, it's not just inspiration from that understanding. It's that it takes the understanding, right? It takes it. Because sometimes you might be wondering, how do revelation happen? It, it could start from you just thinking about something that you already know. But there is a, there's a Spirit in you. The Spirit, they call the anointing. The unk, or they call the unction. The unction can then take your thought, then anoint it, and then begin to move. The truth about that one is that there has to be a, a way the soul is. is it's not trying to, 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 to infuse or figure out. It allows the unction to flow. Right? And the unction flowing I don't know how a better way, to, I, I'm trying to explain something, I don't know a better way to explain it, honestly. But I pray that the Lord will give you understanding, insight. You know why? 
Because sometimes when they are teaching, right, like when I started learning word of righteousness, when they are teaching, they say the word, I understand the word, but it's not the word I'm hearing. Sometimes when they say it, the spirit takes what they are saying and it tells me this is what they are saying. Right. And that one, there's no way I can do it. I, I can't do it. All I can do is just talk. <laughs> I can just talk. But there's a spirit in you that can awaken what they are, then make it real. It's like when we were talking about the ministration of the spirit, I have, the truth is I have never experienced it before, but I knew what it is. How could that have happened if not the spirit explained it? Right? And in, in, note that in that sense, I was not trying. I was not trying to figure what it looked like. Not that eventually it won't land into what it looks like. The truth of the matter is that when you know what it looks like, you now look, try to find a word to describe what it looks like. So we don't say, oh, I had revelation, we have revelation. We're just using words to describe something spirit. It's a spirit that is at work. Right? So what I'm saying is that this spirit is different from you. It's the unction. Is the anointing. It's not you. The anointing which is alive. Which begins to quicken and begins to talk to you. Begins to talk to you. Begins to talk to you. And the way to connect the unction, I'm not saying I'm not saying maybe there's a formula. I'm just I'm just telling you, you know, I mean, we have to say somehow. <laughs> we have to say it somehow. It's not a formula, but to connect the unction means you have to. You have to be in the spirit. That's it. And to be in the spirit is a matter of the heart. Right? It's a matter of the heart. It's not one imaginary, you know, now I'm in the spirit. <laughs> no. It's a matter of the heart. Almost like, ah, I think on Tuesday, oh, sorry, on Monday, Pastor Jeff was talking about, you know, uh, during the life class, he was just talking about praying in the spirit, Rejoicing always, praying in the spirit. You know, just explaining, you know, praying without ceasing, right? Praying, because I'm, I'm seeing a connection between the kind of heart posture to do that and the heart kind of heart posture towards revelation and towards the unction. So we can now see why, if we are praying well, things can flow scripturally, right? It's almost like, especially when you pray, check it, when you are truly praying, not you are praying by strength, you know. You have, okay, I know, I know this thing confuses you so much. I don't, I don't but I'll say it anyhow. Because sometimes we say that when you start praying, right, you know that you've not started praying. There's a moment after a while you know you've entered prayer. You know, because sometimes that, this statement, I know souls are still trying to figure out, when is that time, before, when is that time when you have, <laughs> the difference is your heart. Because it's, everything is in the heart, oh, honestly. If that heart, if, if, if there's a way you can zone in, zone out of everything else, and just zone into the heart, you'll, be, you'll see that being spiritual is not that difficult. It's not that difficult. And being spiritual is not that, it's not, uh, <laughs> it's not, it's not spooky, it's not weird. I mean, things can flow, right, from the openness. Holy Ghost can come, right, upon you, where, you, you know, you can shout in the spirit, you can dance in the spirit, you can sing in the spirit, 
right? You can groan in the spirit. All kinds of things Holy Ghost can come upon you and make you do. Right? But I'm saying now, if, if, if you want to be free, allow God. It's just his heart. That's the key. The, key. the heart is the key. If you can guard it with all diligence, right? Because out of it flows all the issues of life. Amen. Amen. So the, the unction, the unction, it comes alive and it begins to speak to you concerning things, right? That you should know as a child of God. Concerning the things that must not be hazy and foggy to a child of God. Amen. So I've explained the aspect of the ministration of the Spirit a little bit. Because <laughs> I'm trying to talk about revelation, right? Why we need revelation? But I wanted to connect revelation to something, right? But I, I don't know why the Lord wanted us to just explain that. I guess it's also good to explain so that it's clear, right? So the, the unction is not you trying to do something. It's not you trying to, it's not you trying to, to design an operation of revelation. You know, there's a, there's a mode where Christians can be where they are reading Bible and they want, they want revelation. They, 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 will be, they will be the one trying to think the revelation out. Right? The song. Ah! Not the song of song. Also, the song of song is. The song of is. Nothing is happening. <laughs> what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? Hmm. Nothing is happening. It's not by that. Because the truth of the matter is that that ministry of the Spirit, they call the ministration of the Spirit, it actually belongs to the Spirit. What needs to happen is that you need to be awoken to it. Right? Once you are awoken to it, it takes over. It, you can be talking and then, or you can be just thinking about something or thinking of, or meditating about a scripture. You are, you are not trying to get, you know the thing about meditation is that people think meditation is thinking out revelation. Right? Some souls can, can be configured that way, whereby they think meditation is thinking revelation. No, no. Meditation is just meditating on the word. So the song of songs, which is the songs of Solomon. Okay, let me know you songs of songs. Let me go to the one we are reading. <laughs> But that's, that's what is opening by front, so I'm trying to use it, but... So, Isaac, where are you? This Bible still has not lent my hand. We'll overcome. Amen. Very soft. If you move it anyhow like this, you'll just tear. Amen. So, it says that, for example, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Right? I'm, the truth of the matter is that we don't need to read more than... I mean, I'm not saying you should read more than that. I'm just saying... You don't need to think outside of that. Say, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because it's not you that wants to teach yourself something. It's the Holy Ghost that, is, that will decide what he wants to teach you. So when you are meditating, then the Holy Ghost can, can then wake the unction within, can awaken, and then take your thought, and then begin to teach you concerning things that you need to know about your life, about the Word, most importantly, about the word. Because from the word, when you have, because this one, I'm repeating it, but it's true. Then 
when we listen to that message, going in fellowship by the anointing, explain it clearly, right? This unction, right? You need to you need to be you need to be used to it, because it's after a while it has been teaching you, it has been teaching, it has been teaching. Then when it comes to issues of life, the same way it has been awakened, give revelation, it can also awake and start telling you about things concerning your life. And the reason why it can do that is because while teaching you, it has installed certain ways inside of you, or it has installed some courses inside of you, which it can use to navigate you in the course of this world. So when believers wake up one day and they want to decide who they will marry, and it's that time, <laughs> they start praying, Lord, lead me. Just that oh, pastors work deal for pastors, man. You know, sometimes when you see something like that, you walk to first of all 30 person. Do you need one? Do you have one year? Wait for one year before you marry. <laughs> Why? Because the thing that you need can't happen by magic. The thing that also needs to make the decision can't happen by what? By magic. There are things that the soul must be awoken to. Causes, after unction, being teaching. Then it can give a sense when it's teaching about things concerning life. But Christians want to wake up one day. Lord, talk to me about this issue now. And the Lord is looking at the soul. <laughs> Which way can I come to give you the right decision to do? When they see that there's no, okay, the spirit can come and give something. But what is it going to give will need, uh, what's it called? What the spirit will give will need oversight, if I put it that way. It's such that sometimes it needs to be submitted, to be checked. Okay, 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 okay. Is what the Holy Ghost said? Okay, all right. Then, men have been raised with ways. Can tell, okay, okay. Ah, and some, most of the time, it's a decision they can't make, it's a decision you have to make. Then, what they can do best is guide you. Okay? Think about this. Think about this. Think about this. Consider this. Consider this. Now, wait within. Like Pastor Jeff said, that wait aspect is the, is the thing that believers hate most. <laughs> Once a believer here, wait, wait, problem. What do you mean by wait? Why? Because the first, you know the, the, the smell of wait is like 100 years. The moment you hear wait, the first thing the soul is thinking is, ah, 100 years? <laughs> I lie? Have anybody thought about waiting and they thought it's the next minute? No, because when they hear wait, they've, they've assumed 100 years, 200 years. Because that, that's the sense the waiting gives. <laughs> but it may not necessarily be under there. It's just to the appointed time that you have the judgment. Simple. It could be two days. It could be most likely not. But you never know. <laughs> I'm not God. So God, it's possible God can do a quick walk one, one way. Right? And that it happens. But the truth of the matter is that it's... it's it's seasons and years. And let me not use years to scare you, but 
days of, of unctioning, right? That install tools for judgment. It's like, I'm not saying the, the, the revelation itself is the judgment. It's, it's a tool for judgment, right? But after being a while with the unction, you've, you, you, you know the unction, right? You know, because the, the work of the unction is, is being assigned as your teacher. See, but the anointing teaches you. So the, the unction, the work, what it is doing is that it, it's, it's the, the, let me use, if I can use the word, is the anointed teaching. Or I can also say the unction is the anointed teacher. The unction teaches with anoint, it, it anoints. And when you say anoint, you know that anoint, when you hear anoint, think spirit. Right? Because the anointing is spirit. So it's not just, you know, like we see oil anointing, you know. So, okay, so that oil that we see that they anoint people with is just describing to us a spiritual. And we know, like we know that oil, spirit. So is Jesus with the spirit. Right? Just like Jesus, like like the Lord anointed Jesus with the spirit. So when you see preachers carrying oil. An anointing is a show of faith, right? To describe what it is to anoint. What is really taking place is in the spirit, right? The Lord can use that medium, right, to exercise faith in believers that, okay, come, let's anoint you. The moment you, are, you feel, yes, so ah, the Lord's about to anoint me. You get it? It's a real thing that happens in the spirit. And also, the same way, I can also, t- concerning my, I don't know why, I don't know, I just feel like talking about this anointing a little bit, right? In, when, <laughs> amen, when the Lord, actu- when the unction awoke inside of me, it's actually, it was, wasn't by oil on me. It was by spiritual oil. How? As I was listening to the message, the truth of the matter is that all, the Lord was anointing me. The message itself carried the anointing. And as I finished listening, I was so anointed that when I slept, the Lord showed me what happened to me. I just saw my pastor came and he laid hands on me. Almost like a, almost like typifying too what has happened. Because we know what the laying on of hands, you know, the mission of the laying on of hands and all that, right? When these hands on me, the spirit then came upon me like, like electricity, cross, coursing through my entire body. I woke up I'm like, ah, something has happened to me. It's, it's almost like the same thing that the spirit of the Lord has anointed. So taking of his spirit, then giving. Then I woke up and I knew, ah, I've been anointed. You know, many believe people will wake up that day and think they've been anointed to go and do ministry. <laughs> You know, most, most believers these days, once they see something like that, I ministry has started. But that anointing was not for ministry, it was for me. Right? It was for, it was for the operation of the Lord upon me because of the 
part. Or, or let me use the word, because of my part in salvation. If I can use that word. But is the is the is the because of God's commitment to his oath for every believer, right? Because every believer must go through that part. Every believer must have the unction. Every believer must have the ministration of the Spirit, of, which is for the New Testament, right? And the mission of the New Testament is to give life, right? It's the ministration of the New Testament that is, that is awoken within, right? Every believer must have that ministration for the purpose of inheriting. If a believer must inherit salvation, must inherit God, it must be with, you must have the tool of the unction. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Are we blessed? Yes, you know, as, as we were talking, I was expecting that time would have gone, but time has not gone. So good luck, guys. Amen. It's like the Lord wants us to talk about this thing. Because you know, what we started with, right, I was talking about taking heed to, to season, right? Because the Lord has come and is ready to bless us. But I think this is also a blessing for us, right? I hope I didn't forget my thought, but we'll see. So the, the unction, right? The unction. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So the, the unction is the spirit. Right, that is that that takes revelation as a tool and anoints it for the purpose of guiding you in righteousness. Right. So the Holy Ghost will take the unction. Will take the Holy Ghost comes. The unction comes. The means by which the unction operates is by giving you revelation. It talks to you. It talks to you about things. You know, some of the time, when, you, when you're talking about revelation, you think it's only about when they tell you about what the ark means or what the, the seven godly candlestick means. It's not only that alone. It's not only that alone. It can also reveal things to you concerning righteous judgment. Right? Because the same way it comes to revelation to teach you all those mysteries, it can, it can also come and then tell you, see that thing, don't do that way. Because it's, it's the life of revelation you are living. Because you have been, you are tuning, you have been tuned to the unction. The truth of the matter is that many believers, they have the spirit, but they don't have the unction. That's a funny thing. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting place to be. Right? Because the unction, like I said, the word is, it teacheth. So, for example, whatever it is happening, be it raising the dead, healing the sick, be a prayer and things happen. If it's not, if it's, okay, you see all those things, it's not by teaching. It's not teaching you. That when it is upon you. And it's doing things. In short, you're just a means. You are just, you're just like the... <laughs> The, the vessel that the spirit is using as a contact with the, with the earth, as a contact, then you are there physically, then from upon you, it can begin to flow onto others. Like, oh, I forgot, I was going to mention that, that, you know, you know, that there, there was a, a place, you know, we went to recently, and I began to see the spirit move. 
in a way and just realize, oh wow, this thing is a tuning. You are just tuned in that way. It's because the truth of the matter is that the whole place was, can tell that there's spirit here. But what there's spirit here, the truth is that there are different things you can fetch from the Holy Ghost. If you are tuned in a certain way, there are certain things you get. If you are tuned in another way, there are other things you get. So the unction, teaching, for the purpose of salvation, is a different kind of tuning. Right? Like the gift of the Spirit are tunings. It's like, when, when you have a certain gift, it's like you are tuned in a certain way to connect. With the gift, you can be tuned. Right? So when the Lord activates a gift, it's almost like they just touch the soul and then retune something in the heart, such that the heart can, huh, can then begin to receive in that direction. Amen. But there are plenty of things believers can tune into. You can, you can tune in into the operation of the unction, teaching for the purpose of bringing life, which is the New Testament ministration, right? You can be tuned that way to receive revelation. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I've talked enough about revelation. And the reason why I was talking about revelation is it not even where I'm going. I'm just going to use revelation to explain where I'm going, right? Because uh, I said earlier that there's a reason why they are teaching us all these things about the tabernacle, about the temple. Maybe wondering, ah, well, is there everything we have to learn? That there's a reason why you should not just discuss. Because there's a thought in my mind, or my, which is in my heart, which is about paying attention to everything, right? But also, why you can't just decide not to learn something, right? I, I, I'm not like this one. Maybe this one is not. You can't just decide that. Why? Because number one, you don't know it. Right? Number two, every believer must know. But what's the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the judgment that tells us that that thing that we say we don't want to learn is not needed in the work that the Holy Ghost is going to do to get one soul to be saved? You know, everybody, we are all souls. You, you, might never, you might never connect the learning of what the tabernacle is to what is happening on inside of you now, but the truth of the matter is it is connected. All oh, the revelation will be learning everything. Okay. okay, maybe one day you just decided, ah, I, sh I should not do this to this person. You, won't, you may not be able to connect it to the temple is this and that, but you'll be so surprised that for, for that judgment to land, it is intertwined to Cunning work inside the soul, tied to knowledge about things of the scripture, about revelation of the things of God, right? So you can just decide, uh, I'm not learning this one, I'll just learn this one. No, number one, do you know it? Okay, so why do you think you don't need it? Right? That's one. Amen. And Oh, let me also, I can remember my, I think that's the main thing I was going to say. But I was going to say revelation, right? <laughs> so revelation is needed in order to teach concerning the things of God, right? Like explaining the tabernacle, explaining what the, 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 the altar is for, explaining all those things. Revelation brings all the, hey, thank God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I remember clearly why, why I went in that direction. Because I was saying that, I was explaining earlier, right, that revelation is a 
is a means to bring materials to raise the building. Right? The material they are using to raise the building, right, are those things that Revelation is revealing concerning, concerning God. You understand? Right? So, they want to build tabernacle. How would you know that this, this particular, this particular, let's say a material, now let's say this particular uh, wood is not needed in the building. How do you know that? You don't. Number one, you're not the one building. It's the Lord that is building. Nor you. Which means that the truth of the matter is that the person being built cannot know the material it needs. Can't. Why? You are not the builder. You are the building. Have you ever seen this building knowing that it needed this block before it was built? He did not, this building that is, let's consider it maybe a living thing. He did not know. Right? All it knew is that after the finished construction, I am like this. You can tell me I'm like this. Okay. The person that knows that it needed the block here, it needed this kind of design here, it needed this kind of door, is the builder. Because the builder knows the plan that of the building and the things and the facilities and the resources that is needed in the building to be built. The builder knows that there's going to be a fridge here. There's going to be a door here. There's going to be a TV here. There's going to be a... Uh, what's all that? Okay, well, there's going to be a, a screen, a, a glass screen somewhere there. It's only the builder that will know that, the architect, right? That the, the person that drew the... The, the plan, the print, is one that knows all the shapes and everything that needs to be built, right? Which it will give to the uh, contractors that will start building, right? Then the contractors, from the plan, they know what is needed, right? Without the plan, a contractor doesn't know what is needed to build a building. When I was doing construction, I would see my boss at that time that would always come up with the, with the blueprint, with the plan of the exterior, and then see where the design, okay, stucco will be here, will stop here, it will end here, something else is here. Then the person that is looking at it can then decide, okay, this is how much material I need for this size. But if it ask the architect, he will probably tell you how much you need if he's knowledgeable in that area. But the thing about God is that he knows all. He's the master architect. He's also the builder. So he's both the contractor. He's both the planner. Like you know, some of us that are skilled that they can, we can draw plan and then build by ourselves, right? I'm not sure if all of us can do that yet, but, but there are some that they, are, they can go and learn, right? Architect, then they can build, plan everything. Just plan it, build it. In, sh in short, it's God that is the master builder. So it's the one that knows what needed to be learned. Right? Which is why he will be the one to begin to bring teachings and seasons upon a soul. You know, for example, when you are building a house, 
the, the season is not the same. There is a season for the foundation, right? There's the season for the framing. The funny thing about that is that you can't frame without the foundation, right? And you can't, you can't build the exterior without the frame. You can't even build the inside without the frame of a building, right? So meaning that there is season upon seasons upon seasons for to raise a building. The same sense we know that the Lord can begin to bring season upon season upon season upon believers for believers to take heed. Imagine they brought out material to build the foundation and then the, the, the building says, no, 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 I'm not ready for foundation. I want, that, I want that one. I don't want this one. I want that one. Right. I want, I want that one. That one. That one. That's the one. Okay. You can't have that one. Can you take this foundation? No, 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 no. I don't want this foundation. And I'm not going to go. I'm not going to proceed. And the truth is that they can't actually proceed until you take the foundation they want to give. So we can just be like Israel. Circumspecting. Right? Israel just moving around mountain, moving, 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 moving. And the thing about that is that for believers that moving around mountain, it can seem like there's something happening. A believer moving around the mountain can be healing the sick, raising the dead. Then after a while, moving to another dimension of their ministry, where they're not just they're not just healing the dead. Now they can begin to see visions of the God Almighty. Ah, then the preacher will be like, "I saw the Lord yesterday. The Lord said to me, move this, this, you know." When ministry is mostly about that, ah, sorry. The truth of the matter is that people can't be raised. Such ministry does not raise people. Such ministry does not build people. Such ministry encourages people to believe. Right? It's for believing. Just like we are talking about miracles and teaching. So Jesus, at the bottom of the mountain, Performed miracles. Then later, he went up to the mountain to do the real thing. So all those miracles are not the real thing. He went to the mountain. Then what did he do? He began to teach. He opened his mouth and began to teach. Blessed are they. Blessed are they. Blessed are they. Blessed. Ah, you're not telling me. So the real thing he came to do is to tell us blessed are they. Blessed are they. Ah, why tell us blessed are they? Sir. Sir. We have the lame here. We have the sick here, you know. Why don't you just, why don't you just help them? Does that sound more powerful, right? Sound more interesting. But the truth of the matter is that what the Lord is really doing is teaching. If Jesus is teaching, because Nicodemus said to him, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. That's the real, you are, Nicodemus is too smart. He identified the guy. Huh? You are a teacher come from God. Because no one can do these things you do except God be with him. But those things he was doing was not, was not teaching. It was miracles. So for Nicodemus to identify, you are a teacher come from God, means that, ah! Meaning that the main thing that, is, that Jesus is tied to is teaching. Then you now hear the unction teach at you. Ah, ah. It's not that the unction makes you to heal the sick, raise the dead. It means that the unction and the ministry of Jesus is intertwined. 
right? Is intertwined. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And as that tongue began, I just began to hear in my spirit. I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher that you must know. I am a teacher sent to teach you. I'm sent to bring you into the knowledge of things that matter, into the knowledge of things that is designed for inheritance. Inside the things that is meant for your raising. I am a teacher. I am teaching. I am teaching as a portion of Christ. I am a teacher as a portion of Christ sent to you. For you see, he, he said, I will send to you a comforter. I will send to you another comforter. For he himself is a comforter. He's a comforting teacher. So I am here, even as a teacher, as a teacher sent even to, to raise many, to point many, even in the direction of righteousness. I am sent as a teacher to teach you and to raise you. To know me, you must know me. You must know me as your teacher. You must know me as a teacher. I am not your mind. I am not your spirit. I am your teacher. I am not your soul. I am a teacher. I teach and I raise. I raise by teaching. I am a teacher that quickens. I am quickening you by teaching. Amen. I will teach you and teach you until you come into all that is meant for your inheritance. I, am, I have a part with Christ. I am part with Christ. I am part with Christ. I am part Christ. I am part Christ. I am a spirit sent even to raise. Even to raise for the purpose of bringing you into Christ for the purpose of recreating Christ in you, for the purpose of raising you as a Christ. I am part, I am part of him. I am partly him. I am partly him. I am his spirit. I am his spirit. I am his spirit upon him. I am upon him. I am upon you, even in this season. I have come. I'm ready. I'm ready to awaken you within, to even teach you better, to teach you more. I am the unction. I am the unction. I am the teaching unction to teach you into life, to teach you and raise you, 
to raise you, to raise you, to raise you into life, to raise you into life. For some of you have known me in a measure. For some of you have known me in a measure. But I'm coming in a higher measure upon you. I am awakening with my wings even upon you. Even in within you. For I am within and upon you. I can be upon, but I'm within you. I am coming in a higher measure even to teach you. To teach you in strength. To give you strength. To install strength in you. To rise up and to grow up and to grow up. For you will know me as the unction. You will know. This unction you hear, you will know. You will know me as the unction. As the unction you will know. You will know me. You will know me. You will know me. No, don't, don't, be, don't be too shocked. Don't be too, too sad in your heart. Don't, be too, don't think about me too mysteriously. For I will make myself known to you. I, will, I am the one that makes myself known. I am the one. It is not you to try to figure it out. I am the one. I will come up. And when I come, you will know me. When I come upon you, you will know. You will know that you have encountered the unction. That you have heard the unction. I will come. I will come. I will come to teach you. To take you in line. To take you in line. In line with him that have designed me to come. To take you in line in part of your journey for salvation. In part of your journey to your inheritance. You will know. You will know. I will awaken. I will awaken with it. He within you. Within you. On the inside of you. I will awaken. I'm awakening inside you with my wings. I am coming with healing in my wings. Say at the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes. Ah. The, the unction, as we're saying, the unction, right, teaches just like Jesus is teaching, right? The main thing that Jesus does is to teach, right? He's teaching. And when he's teaching, what he's doing is, is imparting. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When Jesus is teaching, what is he doing? He's imparting. He's imparting life. So when Jesus teaches, what he's doing is actually giving blessing. He's giving material of building and raising. Because the material that they used to build is blessing. Right? So blessed with God, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. In heavenly places in Christ. Right? And you have spiritual blessings. Right? And Jesus began to say, blessed are they that are poor. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed. Blessed. Means that the, the teaching of Jesus is in line with blessing for this. So what the blessing that is so must come into, right? That is the design. That is, that is what Jesus began to teach and began to say. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now in teaching, right, Jesus began to teach concerning materials of the kingdom. Right? All those things that are teaching is really about the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So Jesus was teaching. He's not just doing miracles. He's a teacher. Thou art a teacher come from God. Meaning that the real material that they want to give is God. Is God. That's the real material. You are a teacher come from God. Why? Because Christ is a bridging gap. Is that what is a, is a bridging gap between man and God. 
There's a reason. He has, a teacher has to come from God to bring men into the things of God. Right? Imagine that there was no foundation of Christ. Do you think we would ever, ever land in learning about everlasting eternal? Do you think that will ever come? Because if not, they would have just discarded everything and said, okay, let's just start teaching them everlasting and eternal life. We are no, there's a reason they had to lay the foundation. First of all, the spirit, then give Christ, then they start talking about everlasting life, eternal life, which is the next line, right, in righteousness. They, they, they were not just doing it anyhow. They, they were doing all these things in seasons. They were doing it in seasons. If you check the yeah, there were seasons of the Holy Ghost. After a while, that season passed. Then the season of Christ came. Right? Now imagine souls that are saying they don't want to learn Holy Ghost. Do you think they would ever, ever jump Christ? You say, no, me, I don't want Holy Ghost. That's why sometimes I feel sad for souls that don't like Holy Ghost. Anywhere spirit is not liked, is not encouraged, you can never have Christ grow in such a place. What the Lord can do is that the Lord can find a way to send believers. If the believers are there, they can say, ah! Because the truth of the matter is that if they don't like Holy Ghost, there's no, there's no how. There's no how they are going to ever come into Christ. If they are going to, it means that God will have to find a way to get them somehow, right, to begin to tune their heart in a way to the Spirit. Because you can, if, you, if you can't hear the Spirit, you can never hear Christ. You can't. So get them to love Holy Ghost, right? And from there, begins to tune them into the right direction to learn Christ. Begin to tune them. Begin to tune them. Begin to tune them. Because that is needed. Foundation is needed. Meaning, what I'm saying is that every season is important. Because you don't know what you need in that season. Right? Like some... I, I don't know if I've actually explained my thought earlier when I was talking about... Uh, you can't just say you don't want to learn something. Yeah. Right? I know there's something I was saying. I'm not sure if I said it exactly the way I saw it earlier. Ah, God forgive me. Maybe I talked too much. That's why. But the, what I was just seeing, I was seeing clearly why you can't just say, this one, right, I don't want to learn it. It, just, it was just too clear. Why you can't just do that? Why? Because, like I said, we, number one, we don't know what the Lord has to say. What the Lord wants to do, what the Lord wants to bring. So we can't just say, I know that thought is connected to me talking about the tabernacle, right? Right? Because I was saying that Jesus, Jesus, when he came, or sorry, during the time of Moses, yes, during the time of Moses, what we know concerning the kingdom is those tabernacles. Right? Because I was trying to explain why the tabernacle is important. Right? So the, the tabernacle, hey, it makes sense. And I was talking about seasons, right? Seasons of the court, seasons outside, seasons in the court, seasons in the holy place, right? And what we know, right, concerning the kingdom is the tabernacle. 
That's how we can identify those seasons. Right? So we know the tabernacle. The Lord has designed it. Now imagine that if they did not give Moses the template of the tabernacle, do you think we'll be talking about the kingdom and the tabernacle today? We can't. Now, talking about the kingdom, what brought about the understanding of the kingdom better was that tabernacle. Because there's a way you have to relate the kingdom to something. Like I was saying, that Jesus, God, when he was writing the Bible and is getting Christians, he didn't just get Christians such that they won't know anything. There has to be a base of their faith. There has to be something they know. Right? And all these things that they penned down, it is clear. Why is there no other book today? Right? That talks about God. Better than the Bible. No, we have people writing books and all that. It, it, it helps souls. But what it's really doing is helping souls understand this. It's still Bible. So why is there no book? Why can't somebody wake up today and say, I want to write Bible? Me, I know some thoughts, some souls, honestly. Even though because God is helping them, they would have, they would have, they would have journeyed to that point where they want to write another, <laughs> another chapter of the Bible. Because when you look at them, the way their mind is working, honestly, they can write it. But thank God, because Holy Ghost has done a lot of work in those areas that there's some boundary. Some broke those boundaries, so do you know? Because one day, I was at the the African store to buy it. Somebody walked in and they gave me a book. It said, The Course of a Black Man. <laughs> when I read, I said, What's going on? They began to talk about harm and all those. Ah. The, the guy wrote a book that's like the Bible. He has chapters. Exactly like the Bible. Yeah. Exactly. In the mind, it's like, it's like, it's like the, it's the guy trying to copy Bible. Because he was clear. He was, was talking like Ezekiel. The Spirit of the Lord was upon me, and he moved me, and I walked upon the street, and I was walking, I had a tie in my neck. With, 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 with shorts, and it was describing how the Lord moved me to a, 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 a property. He said, do this, do this. He did it. They came out. They began to talk. I'm like, this one a Bible, though. It says that he's using to write this thing. It's Bible. I knew that, no, this is a, clearly. You don't even need, the only person that may not be able to discern that is somebody that is highly insincere as a child of God. Yeah. Highly. Although, the person had the follower, because it's the follower that brought the thing. But when you ask the follower too, clearly the follower does not have Holy Ghost. Because I asked him, like, don't you understand what Bible says? said, no. See, these guys, the one that will teach it, they don't have the grace to understand anything that is in the Bible. And also another sense. Ah! This is the same sense that these people have, the, the Mormons in a way. And then also there's, there's, a, there's a people, uh, the Church of... Eh? That, uh, that's Mormon. That's Mormon. They are the same. They are the same. Then they have the Church of Christ too. They are almost similar. So there's a way they structure them that they have a prophet that only them know. That the rest cannot. 
that is only the prophet here that will ever, and that they tell them what to do. Pretty much that will control what every one of them is doing. I'm saying, I know there's a problem here. Number one, once you think is where the, where the Spirit of God there is liberty, freedom. So, where's freedom in that kind of an arrangement? So, meaning that they literally can't think for themselves. They can't. Everything they do is tied to what they say. So, that guy came. I was telling us that, no, and no African, no, the, the person is also a pastor. Right? He's a pastor. So when that guy came, he was start saying all those things. He's, he's African, he's not full, he's full general. Huh? He's a pastor. So when the guy came, he too was so shocked. <laughs> what is this guy saying? And I said, no, they don't have Holy Ghost. Oh. See, I know, I now, know, now I know where the problem is. Number one, they don't believe they have the Holy Ghost and that they don't believe they can have it. So, in that kind of a sense, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm kind of, I'm not too sure about them being born again. I'm not too sure. Because to what are they born again to? That's a question. But sincerely, let me move forward. Ah, before I spend too much time here, is that they brought a sense that they can rewrite the Bible. Like that man, because of her man, then her souls. But there's a reason why this scripture, God did not allow it to be rewritten. It's the same thing that is here that we're all learning. Meaning that if what is here is what we are learning, it means that we must know what everything here means. We shouldn't, we shouldn't take this and assume it is this. We shouldn't take that and assume it is that. And the truth of the matter is that if you have the Spirit of God, and you are reading Bible. I'm not saying that you can't interpret Bible in such a way that it is it can bless souls. It's different from knowing what it means. Right? For example, like preachers can come, read Bible, take scripture, encourage believers, encourage brethren. That is different from explaining doctrine. You can't if the truth of the matter is that doctrine can't come except scripture opens. And how does doctrine come is when scripture opens to tell you the meaning of it. When the scripture opens and is telling you that meaning, then you can identify doctrine. Oh, this is what this means. So you can't just assume. Summary, you can't just assume this is what the Bible means. And like I was saying, as a child of God, when you are reading the Bible, you have your what the Lord has inspired you to know, or some. But as you are reading some passages, you can tell inside of you, ah, I don't know what this thing means. Right? What, who do you think put that there? It's the Holy Ghost. He ensured that if a soul is sincere and is looking for God, it can tell what it does not know and be meek enough to learn it. Right? Be meek enough to wait for the Spirit of the Lord to explain. That thing is a heart posture that believers must have. But this thing, I don't know. Ah! I don't too much know what this thing means. Sometimes you can hear everyone say, ah, this Bible, I didn't know what it means. Now I know. I can, I'm reading, sometimes when I'm reading Bible passage, I'll get to a point. With all that I thought in my head, oh, maybe I've been, I've been Christian for a long time. I, when I read that passage, I looked at it. <laughs> I laugh. I don't know what this thing meant. But I know it meant something. So I'll move on. I won't even kill myself. 
because I know that I can't know it except Spirit comes to explain it. Because how I can know it is by doctrine and understanding. So for me to know it is either Daddy teaches it, or Pastor Jeff or Pastor says, or minister teaches it, and then he sits in my heart as understanding. Then that's, that understanding that, I'm, that I received is a spirit. That thing can awoken and begin to explain. Sometimes some scripture that I've read that I didn't know, that I escaped, I left it. After a while, I came back. When I read it, it's different. It's like when I read it, I now know what it means. So it, it's like a work has already happened within the heart. Doctrine, growth, to now see, oh, so this is what this thing means. Now, why am I saying all this? I'm saying all this so that, ah, wow, time has gone on. I'm saying all this so that we know clearly, I will soon start rounding up, clearly that we can't, we can't just say there's one part, right, that we, can't, we don't want to learn. Or why should I be learning about the tabernacle, right? Why should I be learning about the brazen altar? The truth of the matter is that God that tells them to write it down, right, knows what part the knowledge of that is going to do in you. Do you know why? Okay. The example I'm seeing is this. God is a temple. You are a temple. You are learning a temple. Meaning that you can never know yourself or know who God is without learning those things. That's just it. It's a temple. No, now we've learned that God is a temple. It's not, just, it's not just a person that has a temple alone. He himself is a temple. Right? He's, he arranged the heavens in the order of the temple. Okay. He created man like the temple. A man has outer court, holy place, most holy. Then he now told Moses, build a court, outer court, build a temple, tabernacle, outer court, holy place, most holy. They put instruments inside. This is what the instrument does. This is what this, this is for. You know, the moment certain souls begin to hear something like that, they just tune out and disappear. Ah, why are we learning all this for? Can we just learn Holy Ghost and you know that's just what I, no now? You can't do that. You can't just choose. That's why you can't just choose which one to learn. Because you don't know the work of that. In short. How do you know that if that, thing is, that knowledge is not there, somehow we'll be saved? It's from, let's say you learn the tabernacle now. Then you can now, I'm just using tabernacle as, a, as an example. There are plenty things to learn. For example, the Lord teaching, or the unction, the revelation, teaching about the angelic, right? Or teaching about the throne of God. Or teaching about the seasons and times of God. Or teaching about the... The, the candlesticks, or teaching about the altar, or the alt, brazen altar, or teaching about the altar of incense, right? How do we know that we don't need all of those knowledge? One thing I know is that me, I know we need it. Why? Because if we don't, they won't write it down. Christians shouldn't just say that there are things to ignore in Scripture. 
Uh, there's no need to know this one. There's no need to know. God is not like that. There are things, everything here must be learned. But the, the truth of the matter now is that, see things here, it can take eternity to learn them. It can take eternity to learn them, which is why we must, we must not just cut our hearts short or remove our heart from learning concerning the things that is inside the Bible. That is inside the scripture. We can't just say, no, uh, we, uh, we know this one now. We don't need to relearn it again. Because, you know, we are spirits. These things are spirits, right? It is the spirit that knows the way of a man. It is the Holy Ghost with his way that will come. And he knows how to come, like I was saying before, he knows how to come to unwind the twistedness of the soul. And he knows how it can, it can untwist a soul by telling it, learn the tabernacle. Learn the, the temple. Those learnings, it sounds, and, and here's the summary. I guess maybe if you can get this, I feel I've not passed this message across as I, w- I would have preferred. God help, God, I pray God will just help us to understand this, right? But one thing I'm seeing, right, is that the, the, I'm talking about the the soul, right? I'm talking about the I don't know what this last thought is escaping my mind, so I can jump. I know I'm coming from here to here, but then my mind is hmm. What I just said now before I said, I think I was talking about um, I was talking about um, Holy Spirit. Uh, I was talking about. I just remember it just now. That's the funny thing. I'm talking about the. I know it's about the soul, the things we're learning, the unwinding. <laughs> talking about the unwinding of the soul, and the Lord knows the part, the, the way to come, to untwist the the twistedness of the soul. How the soul has been twisted. He knows how to come to unwind them, right? Okay. And, hmm, funny enough, these, these thoughts just escaped me just now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Time has gone, time has gone. I think maybe because I'm rushing, that's what's happening. Um, the, the thought in my heart was, more concerning that aspect of the unwinding, right? It's the unwinding and how it relates to our salvation. The Lord knows how to come, like I was saying, knows how to come. Okay, I, I think I'll just move forward. So the Lord knows how to come, right, to untwist the twistedness of the soul, which is why we can't say that there's one thing we don't want to learn. Even if it's the same thing is teaching, right? How do you know that it's the same strand that is coming to untwist? 
It's not the same strand. Most of the time it's not. Sometimes it's a different strand. Sometimes the Lord can start like that, but where it's going is different. Where you will land. You know, so you might think it's going like this, but it's actually taking a different route to untwist something within the soul. Amen. Amen. So, this is more of an encouragement that we should not just, just cut our heart and shift it away when it comes to learning things concerning uh, God, concerning the kingdom of God, concerning righteousness, and say that, no, uh, let me just stick to the way I understand Bible. Don't walk. Don't walk that way. God that designed it, that there must be line upon line, precept upon precept, knows why he decided to put those things there for our learning. Oh, is it not for our learning? Even knowing about the tabernacle, is he a wasted knowledge? Even if it's not by revelation or related to how word of righteousness comes, it's not a waste. Why? Right? Because some, when you read it and you have an understanding, you can, you can understand what is committed to Moses. Right? You have an understanding. Oh, this is what they, they took this. But there's, there's, there's a sacrifice that they were, they were doing around the tabernacle, right? Which gives us a sense of, in Christianity today, even though we know the tabernacle in a way, right? In milk. But when the Lord begins to teach concerning those things of the tabernacle, it's another season. <laughs> right? I was talking about season, right? So it's another season that come that can begin to explain this is what this means. This is what that means. This is what that means. And when that season comes upon a soul, we don't know what it has come to do. That is why we should not just say or just trivialize every season. Because maybe because it sounded like it was like before. That assume it is the same. No. The same way we can't be assuming scripture. Right? That is what this woman is. We need to know what these things mean. We need to know these things that they said here. This thing that they said, what does it mean? Christians should not be anyhow such that they, they don't care too much to know what these things mean. You must know what they mean so that you can, like, like it was it Peter or Paul that was saying that when you are asked, I think he was talking to Timothy, so when you are asked about your faith, uh -huh, you can clearly declare and say, right, things concerning your faith, meaning that it won't take you as like a surprise. And the truth of the matter is that if we don't learn these things, the Lord is bringing, right, the way we should lend them. We will, not, we will not really come or become the product that the Lord wants us to become. Amen. Amen. So like I was saying earlier, right, the, the, what actually landed me here is I was talking about the Holy Ghost, right, that has the wisdom, right, to untwist the, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Ghost, which awakens, which is different from the the, the let me use the word, the Spirit of the Lord. Let me not use the word Holy Ghost. Although it's the Holy Ghost, right? But the Holy Ghost that has awoken is the Spirit of the Lord, right? The Spirit of the Lord, because there is a Lord. The Lord there is Christ. The, the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord is the Spirit of Christ. Do you understand? Right? Because it is His Spirit. Because it is the Spirit of the Lord. Right? So the Spirit of the Lord, that Isaiah says when I read it and I think I'll try, I'll try and end. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives and opening of the prison to them that are bound. Right? 
to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God. And we see here that I was saying that there's the acceptable, the acceptable year of the Lord that is proclaimed, right? But there are seasons that leads to the acceptable years of the Lord. And if any of those seasons is trivialized or is not gone through properly as it should, this, this soul that is getting to the acceptable will never arrive at the acceptable year. So in order to get us to arrive at the acceptable year, before we move into the day of vengeance, right, because that's another season now. The day of vengeance is another season, right? Because you notice that they've dealt with acceptable year. Then they started talking about vengeance. Meaning that the Lord has saved, now is avenging. Right? So there is a season to save. There is a season to avenge. Right? So they are all seasons. And the Lord is particular. He has to get souls acceptable first before he cannot begin to avenge. In short, it means that if souls don't journey, or don't, don't, if souls don't go through the season, right, of, of uh, acceptance, of becoming acceptable, right? They won't come into the season of vengeance, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning that every season is important. It can't just be trivialized and just you know, be played with like that. So the season, God was saying that is outside the court, is important as much as the season in the court is important, as much as the season in the holy place is important. They're all seasons. Now, it's possible, like I was saying, that the Lord can come bring a season upon souls to move. Whenever the Lord comes in a season, one thing that I understand is that it is for to move believers, right? Anytime the Lord sets a season, means that there is what the work of that season is supposed to do in believers. And the work of that season must be fully, fully received by souls. If a soul can apply themselves properly to that season of, of grace and mess, like, like the Lord is telling us now we're in a season of feast, one thing, is, one thing is clear. Anybody that goes through the season of feast that the Lord is saying is going to be fat. That's it. When we go through the season of feast, don't, there are different kinds of feasts, Right? There are feasts. There is the, the feast of Christ, right? And then there's God's own feast, right? Praise the Lord. There is, uh, from my understanding, right, talking about the feast, uh, where is banner over us is love. So there's a feast of love, right? And there's also the feast of faith, if I will put it that way. Faith has a feast, right? Love has a feast. Right. There's a season where they will be feeding you and feeding you and feeding you feast. The reason why they will bring a feast, right, is, is for the purpose of strength. That's one thing. Which means that it is clear the Lord wants to strengthen us. The Lord wants to strengthen us, both inwardly and outwardly. Strength in all aspect. I'm seeing strength for 
to pursue God, right, within our heart. I'm saying strength to grow in love. I'm saying you know, things that, strength that uh, we don't think we have. The Lord can begin to bring strength in those areas, right? So, because feast, I mean, ultimately, right, it is to, for us to feast in righteousness in God, right, so that we can grow up spiritually. But, of course, as that is happening, there are other things that will be taking place. Strength in areas of weaknesses. Why? Because of feeding. Because of feasting. Because of feeding. Now, like I've said, the Lord is feeding us. We must eat out of it. Right? And we must not trivialize the season. That's what I'm really pretty much saying. Because every season is important. For us to get to the acceptable season, we must have passed... We must have taken cognizance of other seasons, right? Seasons that we were uh, just loving the Holy Ghost. Seasons that after that, we began to know the Lord. Seasons that later, then we began to know that there is a Father. Those are seasons. Right? And each of those seasons, they also have seasons, right? Or how do I put it this way? Is it there's weather and there's... Climate, Abby. Climate is for a short time. Weather is for a longer time. Wait, weather is for a short time. Climate is for a longer time. Season is for a much more longer time. So like we have fall, those are seasons, right? It's fall, winter, uh, and here, summer, spring. Okay, spring, summer, fall, winter. Those are seasons. And they are not the same. I want us to take, check something. Even though you have all those seasons, it's constant every year, do you think they are all the same? Every season is different. So what we don't know is that whenever there's a season upon us, we should not joke with it, is that you don't know if that season would ever, ever come again. Even if it comes, it may not be the exact same season. But one thing I know is that the Lord is merciful. Right? The Lord is merciful. That it would ensure, even if there's something we have missed, there's a way the Lord would come and help us to go. But we should not, we should not wait for the last minute flight. Right? Because I know when I say this, so many had to be afraid. I want to also let us know that God is merciful. Right? To ensure that we journey. But one thing is just ahead of us that we take heed to the season that we take heed of what the Lord is doing, that we don't just trivialize things. This thing is a, is a heart, heart matter, right? Whereby inside of our heart, there is a posture we have towards the word. Not just the word alone, also towards each and every one of us. There's a heart we should have, right? That the Lord, the Lord is particular about how we are growing. And he wants us to be, we ourselves to be particular about that. Amen. Let's not play with uh, what we be here. Let's not play too much about those things. Or let, let's not take the grace of God for granted. Because the Lord is merciful, but also is a consuming fire. I'm not saying it's going to consume you and throw you into a leak. I'm just saying is that it's possible after a season, he has brought something and we didn't apply. Then he'll say, you know what, don't worry, go and learn. But that's not always the same as when it comes in a season. 
You know what? This, this, this season comes with grace, with strength to journey. If we miss the season, we'll have to go. I don't know how God will do it, but God can arrange in such a way that we'll have to come under those that have went through those seasons. It's possible. Right? Like he told those, those in the, ah, I forgot, in the book of Revelation, it says, I'll cause them to come at thy feet to learn. So it's possible that, you know, we'll not be, I mean, I'm not, not saying, I'm not creating class, so I'm just saying that we should not miss the season that is upon us. Amen? Now, if the Lord has prepared a feast, what I want to encourage us to do is to eat. Feast. Keep eating. Eat the word. Pay attention to the word. Pay attention to the teachings, the speakings that the Lord is saying in this season. Right? Because it's time for growth. We are in a season of growth. The Lord, I feel it, that the Lord is, 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 shoot, is upgrading us a bit. Remember, he's upgrading us, he's, he's moving us up. He's moving us up. You know, we've been learning and 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 learning. But it is in God's intention to move us up. Amen. Or you don't think so? It is his intention to raise us up, to move us up. So he's preparing a feast for us. And that's what that feast is going to do. You know, like, you know, part of the tongue is also saying, it's for many, right? And I was talking about a feast is on a table. Guess what happens to, to a table? Miss men sit down at the table and feast together. So it's a feasting of brethren too. Means all of us have to grow together, right? So it's not uh, leaving one out. You know, it's a feast that many must come to the table. So please don't be left out. Don't forget the table. Don't run away from the table. Join the table. Feast on the table. Eat on the table. Eat what the Lord asks for you. Amen. Let the Spirit of the Lord rest upon you. Amen. Amen. Because one thing that is clear here is that anointing. He has anointed him. Then when he was anointed, then what happened? He began to open the brokenhearted, heal or bind up, right? Proclaim liberty to those that are captive. You know, to those that are brokenhearted, binding them up is healing them. Right? And you know that Acts 26 we're reading, that, no, we're trying to explain, I'm running up, right? Talks about, lest they understand and be healed. That we're talking about is part of the operation of moving into the kingdom. Right? And then, proclaim liberty. That's where they give forgiveness of sin to them that are, proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Is opening of prisons. And like I was saying, the Holy Ghost has the wisdom of how to open each prison. Or he has the key to each prison gate. Holy Ghost has the key to it. And it is because of he has the key that you can't just assume there's nothing you don't want to learn. Because you don't know if that's the key to our deliverance. Amen. So the Holy Ghost has the key, the wisdom on how to go into the wicked work that Satan has done in souls and begin to unwind them. He has the key. You know, you know a key is the answer to the knot. When I say knot, you know, when something is not, is, is, where you have a knot, it's tied together. A knot, it seems, the, 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 the hardest knot to untangle is the hair knot. What most people do is they break it. Wherever there's a knot, the patience to remove it is difficult. So they break it. But the Lord does not break such like that. 
The Lord has the wisdom. Every knot, he can untie them. He has the wisdom. You know, men, when you're trying to untie a knot, no wisdom for it. Problem solved. The Lord is not like that. The Lord is particular. You go into every strand, untangle it. Untangle. Why? Because the Lord doesn't want to destroy the soul. Doesn't want to destroy it. Doesn't want to yank it apart. If the Lord yanks souls like that, boom, it might be difficult to repair. It, it, might just, it might just be for destruction. So the Lord is very particular. You go into every strand, remove it, unwind the, the knot, and make them free. Amen. Right? All this thing is happening for souls to come to a season. They are, we are going through seasons and seasons and seasons. So let's not waste the time of our season. Let's pay attention to them. Let's not, let's not trivialize it. Let's not, let's not overlook it. There's a, there's a heart posture we should have towards seasons that is upon us, world that is coming. It is to take it, pray. You know, the Lord will strengthen. I mean, when I say pray, you may be wondering, what should I pray for? You don't need to know what to pray for now. Just be in, be in, be in, be in a praying posture. Have a prayer posture to pray. Why? The knowledge that you're in a season means something is about to happen. Right? And the Lord is going to be speaking. How he feeds us is by speaking. Speaking, sorry. He speaks to feed us. And I pray that God would help us. That we would yield and pay attention to the season that we are in. Uh, the Lord will give us grace, right, to, to grow in this season. He will give us grace to eat all the feasts that the Lord has prepared for us. You know, the feast as a strength is to deal with the face of the covering cast, right? Because he said the Lord, the Lord has a feast upon the mountain where the, the mountain of Zion, there's a feast there, right? So upon this mountain, right, will he destroy the face of the covering cast, right? Then he started talking about a feast of, he pray a feast of fat things with wine on the leaves well refined. So the Lord is certain that he wants to destroy every work of the face of the cast that is upon our soul. Amen. Because feasting is an answer to a cast. Whenever there is a cast, just give a feast. The Lord has that wisdom. A feast of, of feasting and eating. See, there's a wisdom I'm seeing here. And that wisdom is paying attention to, to food. When we pay attention to food, Faces will disappear. Cast will disappear. Cast disappears when, when we focus on the feast. And when I say feast, it's in your heart. It's in the word. Hmm? It's a heart posture we must have. The Lord will help us. Are we blessed today? Let's just begin to bless the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Thank you for your word. Halamata. Venemosite karia zanta. Emata. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. We pray that heaven will, will strengthen, that the strength of this season will come into all of it. The strength of the feast that the Lord is bringing that will come into all of it in this season. In the name of Jesus, that we will not just be left... Uh, Hungry, we will not be left testing in the season of feast. That we would have strength to eat. You know, it's, it's those that have strength that eat. Imagine if somebody is sick 
and they have all kinds of feasts, therefore they won't have strength to eat. Can we pray that heaven will strengthen us, that we will find grace to, to partake of all the feasts that heaven has for us in this season. Abakata vene noshima kariyata, zama karida bose vene moshita, eprakari kazete vene moshita kama, pana tavaria. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Thank you, Father, for today. We thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for all that you've said, even concerning your auction. Thank you, Father, concerning your spirit, which you are given to us even by these words that you've said to us. Thank you, Father, for your promise and commitment to make us know the unction. We say that we exalted in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that you would increase your unction upon every heart. Just as you said in your, your word to us today, that you would increase in us. You would arise, we pray, Father, that you would increase your unction upon every heart in the name of Jesus. That your unction will come in a stronger and a mightier strength than it had ever before in the name of Jesus. That you will increase us in life and spirit in the name of Jesus. That you give us grace to take heed in this season. To apply our heart to wisdom. To align with your spirit. To hear righteousness and to obey righteousness. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayer. That in this season, we come into all that you have designed for us spiritually in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered. For in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You